0: There are no quick fixes in positive psychology. There are no, like many of the self-help books, offer five steps to happiness, three steps to uh, abundance of self-esteem, one step to finding your perfect lover. It just doesn't work that way in reality.
1: That's Tal Ben-Shahar, and this is The Depression Detox Show. the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Joseph. Happy Friday. Thank you so much for joining me today as we close out this week's episodes with a new featured speaker debuting on the show, and he is a leader in his space. He's a best-selling author and teacher who has taught all over the world, including Colombia, and Harvard University. And in fact, he actually taught two of the largest classes in the history of Harvard University. And today he's gonna share some of his teachings on the new and emerging field of positive psychology. So without further ado, let's jump right into this one with Tal Ben-Shahar. Enjoy.
0: The aim of positive psychology is merely to ship the pendulum. It is not saying, I'm certainly not saying, let's stop the extensive research on anxiety and on depression. Absolutely need to do that. It's important. It's critical. The aim of positive psychology is to catalyze a change in psychology from a preoccupation only with repairing the worst things in life to also building the best qualities in lives. It focuses on strengths rather than deficiencies, on what works, accentuating it, rather than on what doesn't work and merely trying to eliminate it. There's another thing that's unique about positive psychology as a field of study. Again, it started in 1998. You see, until very recently, the realm of life flourishing, of enhancing the quality of our lives, has been dominated by pop psychology. Now you go to the bookstore, and the self-help section, huge, expanding literally by the second. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of books on the topic. You open these books, and what you see, very interesting, charismatic writers, good writers, but often, not always, but often very little substance. Then you go to academia. You enter a library, you open the academic journals. What you see there, a lot of rigor, strong empirical foundation, science. But on the other hand, not accessible. Most people don't read academic journals. In fact, there is um, one of my colleagues ran a study estimating that the average journal article is read by seven people. And, no, there's more. Sorry, there's more. I haven't gotten to the punchline yet. Just be patient. That includes the author's mother. So, and that's a shame. It's a shame because there's a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of good stuff out there. Are you an academic? Or no? A lot of good stuff out there that needs to be read. What positive psychology does is create a bridge between the ivory tower and Main Street, bringing the rigor, the empirical foundation, linking it to the accessibility, making it accessible to students in college, to the general public. Alfred North Whitehead, the careful shielding of a university from the activities of the world around us is the best way to chill interest and to defeat progress. Celibacy does not suit a university. It must mate itself with action. And the same applies to the outside world. It must mate itself with the university, bridging Ivory Tower and Main Street, bringing rigor as well as accessibility. The question that positive psychology asked, the science of... Happiness is what I th- see as the question of happiness. How can we help ourselves and others, individuals, communities, and society become happier? Now, note the question. The question is not how can we help them become happy, but rather how can we help them become happier? You know, many people ask me, have been asking me since I started teaching this course, so are you happy? <laughs> and um, I actually don't really know how to answer that question. What, I mean, what does it mean? Is there a certain point where before that you were unhappy, now suddenly you are happy? Is it a binary thing? I don't think so. Zero or one. Also, how do I even measure it? Is it compared to you know, my friend, my wife, my kid? I mean, compared to whom am I happy or unhappy? But wh- one thing which I can answer is I am happier today than I was 10 years ago, and I certainly hope to be happier 10 years from now than I am today. So rather than asking, am I happy or unhappy, the binary zero-one question, it's better to answer, how can I become happier? And this is the question that positive psychology attempts to answer. There are no quick fixes in positive psychology. There are no, like many of the self-help books, offer five steps to happiness, three steps to uh, abundance of self-esteem, one step to finding your perfect lover. It just doesn't work that way in reality. At least it hasn't worked that way for me, and research suggests that it doesn't for most people. But what positive psychology does is provide a few lessons, and an expanding body of lessons, because there's a lot of research being done in this field, that provides some lessons that have been tested that actually work. I'm going to share with you six today, all back, and I'm going to also discuss some of the studies that were done that hopefully you can apply to your lives. You may resonate to some more than others. (coughs) See what you can get out. The most important thing is then to go out and apply them, and we're going to talk about application later on. So let me begin with the first lesson. You know, when I taught the class for the first time, that time, I was a tutor in one of the undergraduate houses. And one of my students came to me and said, oh, you know, I heard, he wasn't taking the class, I heard you're teaching a class on happiness. I said, yeah, and he said, yeah, you know, my, my roommates are, are taking it. You know, implying that they need it, and he doesn't, of course, <laughs> but. Um, and then he said to me, so, you need to watch out, though. And I said, why? He said, because, you know, if I see you in the dining hall, Hall unhappy, I'm going to tell them. (laughs) Okay, so you're going to be telling them a lot, I thought to myself. And I told my class about this exchange the day after, and I said, you know, the last thing I want you to think is that you're going to come out of this class and be happy, or that I'm always happy. See, there is a a real uh, misconception about what happiness means today. Happiness is not a constant high. There are ups and downs. The problem today is that there is lack of acceptance toward negative emotions because people think that if we experience a negative emotion, such as fear, anxiety, depression, anger, being upset or being sad, that there must be something wrong with us. When in fact, the exact opposite is the case. There are two kinds of people who don't experience sadness, anxiety, anger, feeling down, depressed at times. There are two kinds of people who don't experience these negative emotions. Psychopaths and dead people. So you know what? If you experience these emotions, it's a good sign, and I'm glad you're here. One of the main concepts coming out of psychology, one of the things that I repeat over and over again in my class, and to myself, the the idea of the permission to be human— the permission to be human. We all experience these emotions. The problem is when we don't give ourselves the permission to be human, what we experience is the strengthening of these emotions. What we experience is frustration. Imagine waking up every morning. We're in the science museum. Let's talk science. Imagine waking up every morning and saying to yourself, today I'm not, I refuse to, absolutely refuse to accept the fact that I cannot fly. Law of gravity, ah, don't like it. I mean, what kind of life would you lead? It's exactly the same thing with these emotions. They're as natural, as real as the law of gravity is. Giving ourselves the permission to be human. You know, as, as kids, we know that. We accept the fact that we have the ups and downs. We accept our emotions, and therefore we develop cognitive and emotional flexibility. We lose that flexibility later on when we suppress the emotions because we say, I shouldn't be feeling this. We don't give ourselves the permission to be human, and we pay a price. You know, so so as kids, as babies, it, it comes natural to us. We have an emotion. We experience it. As adults, we suppress it, and we pay a price, a very high price for it what we need when it comes to our emotions, and I want to elaborate on this a little bit based on research, what we need is unconditional acceptance or or unconditional self-regard when it comes to our emotion. The best advice that I got regarding child-rearing from the psychological perspective was from uh, Dr. Todd Shapiro, who was our uh, our doctor here in uh, Beth Israel. And... um, he came to see us, he didn't actually deliver, he came to see us the morning after the delivery to make sure that everything was okay. And as he was leaving the house after checking the baby, checking us, he, um, he looked back and he said, talking to, to both of us, well, maybe to the three of us, he said, over the next few months, you're going to be experiencing every single kind of emotion to the extreme. And it's okay. It's natural. That was the best advice that I got. And he said, because you're going to be experiencing envy and anger and joy and ecstasy. And he was right on. Because, for example, suddenly I wasn't the only one in my wife's life. There was someone else and at times I experienced envy but then how would I felt if five minutes later and it very often happened five minutes later I would have experienced this incredible joy happiness and love toward my baby I would have felt like a hypocrite had I not given myself the permission to be human it's natural it's normal we all have these ups and downs part of being human and in fact, when we allow ourselves to experience these emotions, the paradox is that we experience less of it. So this study was done by Daniel Wagner showing that when we try to suppress things, they actually simply strengthen. And we all know this intuitively. So let's do a quick quick experiment. For the next 10 seconds, for the next 10 seconds, this is an easy one, so but I still need you to focus. For the next 10 seconds, I don't want you to think, don't think of a pink elephant. For the next 10 seconds, you know the one Dumbo with the big ears flapping, and do not think of a pink elephant. You only have five seconds not to think of that pink elephant. Good. Now, what if you set yourself? Don't be anxious, don't be anxious, don't be anxious. Or why are you angry, why are you angry? (laughs) You get anxious, you get angry. Ironic processing, the exact opposite. When we allow these emotions to be present, when we experience them, that's when we are better able to get over them. The problem, as I mentioned earlier in our culture today, is that there is a negative stereotype assigned to negative emotions. So when people ask us, so how are you doing? We say, oh, fine, just great, when more appropriate would be a tear, or well, actually, not good. And we learn to suppress them, and you know what the problem is? The problem is that everyone does it. And when people ask us, so how are, you, how are we? We don't say, oh, terrible, we don't wanna be the party pooper, everyone's doing great, well, I'm gonna be the only one who's depressed here. <laughs> So we say great, and then we contribute to the great deception, and this great deception is one of the most significant contributors to our great depression, to the rising levels of depression in our culture, and they are rising. Now I'm not saying wearing our heart on our sleeves. Oh, how am I? You know, thank you for asking. Um, well, it all started 35 years ago. <laughs> No, but what I am saying is, you know, be honest, be open, and at the very least with, you know, one or two intimate friends. Well, when it's not fine, say it's not fine. When you feel like crying, cry. When you feel like laughing, laugh. Permission to be human.
1: Big thanks to Dr. Tal Ben Shahar for stopping by. His website is talbenshahar.com. His Instagram is happiness period studies period. Academy. And his latest book is entitled Happier No Matter What Cultivating Hope, Resilience, and Purpose in Hard Times. And I'll have all the links to connect with him and his work, along with a link to today's entire talk, which is about two hours long. So you can go check that out if you like. And you'll also find a link to everything I just mentioned in the show description below. And that is a wrap for me. You can check me out on Instagram at depression detox show. As I always say, I appreciate you. I hope you have a great rest of your day. I hope you have an amazing weekend and I'll see you back here Monday. So, until then, stay strong. Later.